can take a seat. I will just be reading um, Luke 19, 1 to 9. It's on your bulletins if you, if you would like to follow along. Verse 1, Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, my Lord. And if I have cheated, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be true, to be a true son of Abraham. I'll just pray quick, and I will pass it on to Pastor Mike. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this evening and for the opportunity to gather in your name. Thank you, Lord, for these people who have come by here, and will you just allow our hearts to be open to your word, and will you anoint Pastor Mike as he speaks our message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Abigail and team, all the volunteers. Greetings to you over there in the cars sitting here. And on wine watching later, you're missing the real action, but we're glad you're watching nonetheless. But I uh, had a great night here so far. And maybe you've heard that story before, the story of Zacchaeus. Maybe you went to Sunday school or camp. You might have been exposed to the story. But, but just reading it like that, you miss some of the elements that, in our culture, maybe it would make no sense to you. So I want to just walk through that story a little more and see where, where is the good news in this story? You see, Zacchaeus woke up that morning knowing, knowing that today would be a different day. For some reason, I believe he just felt like today was different. Just knew something different was going to happen. As he moved, I think, to work, he probably heard News that something had happened outside of Jericho. This guy named Jesus was coming into town. Luke chapter 18 tells us the story. There's a blind man. He calls out to Jesus. Jesus heals him. He gets up and he follows Jesus into Jericho. Jericho is this major city on the, on the flat down from Jerusalem. It's near, near the Jordan River. It's a major trading post. And Zacchaeus has a job, it tells us in that text there that's in your little folder. He was the chief tax collector. Uh, for him, this meant that he was able to make a lot of money from all the people that crisscrossed through Jericho. He oversaw all the little guys that stopped people along the side of the road, stopped people, stopped the farmers, stopped the local landowners, and collected from the traders all the money. He had a, a contract with the Roman government. He paid them this much, and then he was entitled to collect as much as he could, and he squeezed them. The text tells you there, he was very rich. But despite all his wealth, something was missing in Zacchaeus' life. Despite the fact that he had achieved success, as we would call it, you know, he had the toy hauler, the, the, the boat, the, the cabin on the lake, the trips to Phoenix and to Mexico and to Hawaii, something was missing in his life. 
And he heard that Jesus was coming into town. And so Zacchaeus determined that he was going to see who Jesus was. That's what the Christian Standard Bible says. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Who is this Jesus? He probably heard stories about Jesus and, and you know, things he did, but Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in Jericho. And so he's like, who is this guy? I got to see for myself. But again, remember, we're dealing with a tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector, so as a result, his own people hated him. A pariah, maybe you might call him in Yiddish a shyster. I mean, he took advantage of people, gained his wealth by doing that. He comes to the crowd. He's determined to see Jesus, and there's the crowd, and he's coming there, and he wants to see Jesus, and no one is making way for Zacchaeus. You know, like, we used to live in, near Calgary. We'd go to the zoo. And you go to the zoo and you look at animals, right? And sometimes the, the areas are crowded, right? But, but when that little person comes up and it's like, you know, it's kind of, you get out of the way and let the little person come up to look through the window or the cage or whatever to see the animal. You, you make way. When someone of, of importance or of value of honor comes through, everyone gets out of the way, lets them through. Grandma comes through, grandpa comes through, you know, great uncle comes through, everyone gets out of the way, everyone gets up, or whoever, take my chair. But as Zacchaeus comes to the crowd, no one's making any room. It tells you a little bit about Zacchaeus. When they came into his office, he was the boss. <laughs> And if you had issues with it, he had Roman soldiers right there ready to take you out, you know, take you outside and, and, and give you a talking to, right? And so, so in his office, he was the man, but on the street, he was nobody. And no one's making room for Zacchaeus. Who cares about the, you know, oh, here he comes. Get tighter, get tighter. Don't let him in, don't let him in. And, and meanwhile, Jesus is, is moving along and, and there's this hubbub. He can hear it, he can feel it, he can, can kind of see it, but he can't really see it. He's like, I got to see this. And so the, the Bible tells us he does something very interesting. He runs ahead. Now we think about, oh, yeah, whatever. Of course he ran ahead. But you've got to understand, ancient Near East. Dignified men did not run in the ancient Near East. You know, this is even Luke 15. Luke tells us, Jesus tells a story about the, the, the prodigal son and the father that runs out to greet his, his lost rebellious son. And, and that's the scandalous part of that story is that, that the, 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 the beloved patriarch is running through a field to his, to his rebellious son. And you're like, who does that? No one did that in the ancient Near East. No dignified man would do that. I mean, think about it. The president of the United States, he never runs unless he's getting shot at. <laughs> he's not running. Or unless it's like Bush and he's wearing his, you know, alma mater tracksuit running around the White House, you know, for, you know, photo. Like, presidents don't run. Prime ministers don't run. But Zacchaeus is running. And to add insult to injury, not only does he run, then he begins to scale the sycamore fig tree. Like, okay, it's bad enough that a grown man is running. Now a grown man is climbing a tree. Like, where, what's going on here, Luke? You know, he, he, if you were reading this in the first century, you'd be like, what in the world was this guy, this dignified, rich, wealthy, successful man doing climbing a tree? When I was a kid, we went to Victoria to visit my auntie. Auntie Elsie lived not too far from the ocean, so we'd go down to this bay called Cadboro Bay, and they had this playground with, like, concrete 
octopus and concrete fish and concrete ogopogo or kind of leviathan. And, and we could, it was one of my favorite playgrounds and octopus had little slides for its tentacles. It was so awesome. And, and we'd play in there and then we're going to walk back to Auntie Elsie's house and we were goofing off on some trees. And so my dad's like, you know, he, he was a great dad. He loved, you know, playing with us. And so he, he jumps onto this elm tree and, and he's going to, you know, does his tar- Tarzan yell. And as he's yelling and as he's swinging, suddenly you hear this sound, crack. And my dad's feet went up in the air. And it was like slow motion. He just exploded down and boom, <laughs> fell. And I think he actually knocked the wind out. Oh! And of course, he was goofing off. We were having fun. And I thought, oh, you know, we actually jumped on top of him. <laughs> He's like, whoa, get up. And I was, the voice changed. <laughs> he gingerly got up and slowly walked home, <laughs> got into the van, drove to the emergency <laughs> room, <laughs> And they did x-rays, and the doctor says, what happened? He's like, well, I was um, swinging on a branch. And, of course, her eyes were like, you were what? <laughs> like, dignified men, respectable men, don't climb trees, don't swing on branches, even in our generation, much less so in the first century. But there's Zacchaeus climbing up the tree. And there's one reason he's running. There's one reason he's climbing. What's the reason? He wants to see Jesus. Who is this guy? And so there he is up in the tree. I don't know if you've ever climbed trees. And sometimes if you do it in a public area, if you get high enough, most people aren't looking in trees unless, you know, they're, they're hunting something or, they, you know, they're picking fruit. You're not out looking up in the tree. So you can actually watch people and they don't even know you're there. So I think this is the key. So I, I can watch. Maybe I'll even hear what he's saying. I'll get to see. Maybe I'll get to see that blind beggar. I've seen that guy on the road before and see him walking and, and part of the you know, disciples of Jesus. I mean, you know, and so he's up there and he's watching. He's got the, the box seat on, on the progression as it comes below him. And then the unthinkable happens. Jesus looks right into the tree. He looks right into the tree, right into the branch, right into the branch where Zacchaeus is sitting, and he looks right at him. He never expected Jesus to look at him. <laughs> he was like, wow, Jesus saw me. He, rec- he actually acknowledged that I-, I exist. Wow, I can't believe it. But not only that, not only does Jesus see him, but then he, he, he actually looks at him, and then he, out of his mouth comes Zacchaeus. How does he know my name? Who is this guy? I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to hide in the branches. I'm trying to see what's going on. And he looks right at me and he calls out my name. I can't believe it. And then, if that wasn't enough, that one, he saw him. He looked at him. He made eye contact with him. Two, that he knows his name. Then the third thing happens, which is unthinkable. Jesus says to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly because I must stay at your house today. Now, you've heard this story in Sunday school. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But understand this. What's going on in the crowd as Jesus moves through Jericho is all the prominent citizens of Jericho are jostling for the position and the honor of having Jesus come into their home. We don't live in a hospitality culture in Canada, unfortunately, but some of you maybe grew up in that hospitality culture. My aunts were hospitality people, Ukrainian. Uh, We used to come from BC to visit them in Edmonton. They would fight, Auntie Josie and Auntie Annie, over who got to have Steve and Sonia and their kids stay at their house. 
They would fight. They would argue. I mean, normally now we argue about, well, it's your turn this year. No, 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 I'm sure it's your turn. You know, we'd be like passing them off, you know. But as a kid, I thought, this is awesome. Now as an adult, I'm like, they really wanted us to stay at their house, really? Like these bratty little kids running around, tiny little house, one bathroom Auntie Annie had. I mean, it was, it was scary at times, but I mean, they fought. Why? Because it was an honor to have the guests stay in your house. All the who's who of Jericho wanted Jesus to end up in their courtyard that day. But Jesus preempts all of their desires, looking up into the tree, seeing the scoundrel of the town, the very scum of the earth, Zacchaeus himself, and calls him out and says, Zacchaeus, we're going to your house. And people are like, whoa. You could hear the jaws just bouncing off the gravel and the, you know, the, all the stuff on the, dirt, on the ground as, as, as Jesus said that. And be like, really? And then the text says this. So he came down quickly and welcomed Jesus joyfully. No hesitancy. Scampered down that tree, shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. This way, Jesus, follow me. <laughs> and everyone's just like, I can't believe he's going to that guy's house. That, that house was built with pilfered money. Don't you want to get it? Like all, all the furniture in there, it's all stolen goods basically because he's been robbing us blind for the last how many years and you're going to his house, Jesus, really? I mean, that's what the people say. And when the people saw it, they all complained. He has gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Like, Jesus, don't you know what you're doing? There are more respectable people that you could hang out with Jesus than this jerk. Why? But Zacchaeus is just grinning. For once, someone saw him. He actually felt like a person. A person with value. A person that mattered. And this Jesus obviously knew his name, and he invites himself over to sit and eat with someone was a sign of friendship and of fellowship and of acceptance. Jesus is like, I want to be your friend. I want to accept you. I value you. So you understand, New Life people and guests, this is what we do here. Now, we didn't serve you filet mignon or you know, salmon on a cedar board tonight, but we are trying to communicate to everyone and to each other that you, you matter. And we do that by just sharing a meal together and juice boxes and chips. And, and it's, it's our simple way of saying, you matter to God and you matter to us. We love you. It's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of Jesus. And, and Jesus is like, Zacchaeus, I, I, I love you. I value you. Let, let's go to your house. Let's have a good time. And between that verse and the next one, we imagine they go to the house. Someone goes to the market. Peter bread is brought in. The... The roasted lamb is brought in, the, the tzatziki is brought in, the, the hummus is brought in. I mean, you can just imagine the tables lined up, food, friends are flocking in, people are coming in because they're just wondering, what is going on here? Why is Jesus here? Let's see what happens. And Zacchaeus is just grinning because he's never had this many people that wanted to be in his house at one time. And they're there because Jesus is there. Now, what's absent in this story? Is Jesus now sitting Zacchaeus down and telling him what a jerk he is? What's missing that Luke somehow, well, why did Luke forget about it? Is Jesus saying, Zacchaeus, you're a scoundrel, a scum. 
You've been ripping people off. Smarten up. You need to clean up your life, Zacchaeus. How dare you call yourself a man and a, and a child of, uh, you know, of Abraham? You are just, you know, that doesn't happen. They just seem to hang out. And the holy presence of Jesus, see, Jesus is God. Like, he is God's son. He is sent to the earth. He is God's, you know, he's representing God on earth. It's a, kind of a mysterious thing, how the Father, Son, Holy Spirit operates. We call it the Trinity. But there, this, Jesus is the very presence of God in Zacchaeus' house, and he's just pouring out love on Zacchaeus. But what happens to Zacchaeus is as the purity of Jesus and his love and his acceptance and his valuation of him happens, suddenly he begins to, to realize some of his own faults and errors and sins. And, and Jesus hasn't even said anything, but he realizes, man, in order for me to embrace this man and this friendship, I've got to let it go of a bunch of stuff. Earlier in the gospel, Jesus has met this rich young ruler, which was a way nicer guy than Zacchaeus. The kind of guy you'd want your daughter to marry, the kind of guy you'd want to elect into public office, who, who wanted salvation. And Jesus is like, yeah, there's one thing. Just sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me, and you, you, know, you got it. And the guy's like, I can't do it. And then suddenly we have Zacchaeus here, the scoundrel, the, the shyster of town. And there he is. And suddenly Zacchaeus kind of stands up, and, and he speaks to Jesus and to those present. Verse 8 of chapter 19 of Luke. But Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, half of my possessions I now give to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone of anything, I'm paying back four times as much. The very last thing you would expect a tax collector to say. Half of everything I own, I'm giving it away. Why? Because in that moment, knowing Jesus and having this relationship with Jesus suddenly was of such preeminent value that everything else that he'd been working for his whole life meant nothing and mattered nothing to him. And of course, the people are like, wow, if you're going to follow Jesus, what about all that stuff? He's like, I'll make it right. I promise to make it right. I will make it right. Let me make it right. Four times as much. That was beyond what the law required. Something had changed in Zacchaeus' heart. He was different. And it all centered around an encounter with Jesus Christ. He saw him and he experienced the loving touch of God in his life. And as he comes to see and experience that fellowship with Jesus, his life changes dramatically. Understand, if you walk with Jesus, there's going to be stuff in your life that you lived for before that you just, you, you don't have the taste for anymore. You, you just, and, and people around you be like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you changing jobs? Why are you selling that? Why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And you're like, because I, I got a new friend. I got, I got a new connection. I got a new grounding in my life. It's Jesus, and it changes everything. And Jesus says, verse 9, Jesus said to him, today's salvation has come to this household. Because he too is a son of Abraham. And of course, he's speaking to Jews. Abraham is the father of all the Jews, the, the patriarch of the Jewish nation. He's saying, and Abraham, of course, is known as the preeminent man of faith in the Old Testament. He models faith for, for everyone else. And so he's like, Zacchaeus has discovered what is essential for relationship with God, and that's faith. 
He came down that tree. He took me into his home. We had supper and lunch and celebrated and just enjoyed life. And suddenly, he now believes in me. And because he believes in me, he realizes he's got to do some stuff with some of this, his life choices that he's previously made. And that's part of the work that Jesus does in our life. He often makes us, helps us to make good choices as we move forward. And Zacchaeus says, you know what, all that stuff, I, I'm walking away from it. I'm, I'm moving forward now with Jesus. In verse 10, which is not in your, in your sheet, but I want to read it to you. Luke says, Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's the good news. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And a lot of the people at New Life that are here tonight will tell you they were lost at one point. Most people in our world, you know, don't want to admit that they're lost. I mean, it's like typical man driving, right? You know, you're lost. I'm not lost. I know where I'm going. I don't know. I still don't know what happened to me. Know where I am right now, but I know where I'm going, you know. And, and we, we go through life like, like listening to a bad GPS, right? And that, the girl keeps telling us to turn around and get on a different road, and, and none of them are working. And then God comes into our life and says, here is where you need to go. Zacchaeus had heard all these voices, and suddenly he heard the voice speaking directly to him. Zacchaeus, get down here. <laughs> I must go to your house today. And then after Zacchaeus' little confession, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And maybe today you came to church or you're watching online and you're like you're sitting in the tree and you're thinking no one sees you, but Jesus is looking at you in the tree and saying, today, come on down, let's become Friends, let's start a relationship. Let's move forward together, master and follower, and, be, and join my family and, and discover what life can really be, the life you don't have. It's a life with God that, that he wants everyone to have. That's the good news. Without God, you're, you're listening to all sorts of voices, and you're wandering down many different paths, but, but suddenly with Jesus, everything becomes clear, and you can move forward. And Jesus said, this is my heart. He's the shepherd looking for lost sheep, and he's gathering them in, and he's bringing them into his fold, and he's, he's caring and guarding and nurturing and, and valuing them, and, and many people are looking for that. Maybe you're looking for that. And Jesus today is looking at you in the tree, and he's calling your name and saying, come down here. Let's, let's become friends. Let's, let's start a relationship today. I mean, in the book of Revelation, you know, Jesus talks to one of the churches there. He's like, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, you know, I'm going to come in and we'll eat together. But, but you got to open the door. You see, Zacchaeus was looking to, to see Jesus. He was seeking Jesus. But, but little did he realize Jesus was seeking him. As Jesus walked into Jericho, he had one thing on his mind. i got to find that guy in the tree, and I'm going to calm down. You know, he knew exactly where he was going. Jesus did, because he's God. Sometimes we're surprised that God, we encounter God because we think, oh, I was doing my own thing. But God is watching you the whole time. The Father in heaven just longs for you to join his family. And the happiest guy is not Zacchaeus, it's Jesus. Because now Zacchaeus is part of his family. And every time you and I accept and believe in Jesus Christ, we join the family and God is pleased. In fact, there's a, there's a party in heaven. And so tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're hiding in the tree, you're just kind of watching him from a distance, kind of hoping to, to you know, catch a glimpse of him and see what this is all about. He's looking up at you and he's saying, come on down, let's join the party, be a part of it. If you've already joined the party, 
the message for us is like, this is the heart of Jesus. This is why New Life is meeting on a Wednesday night out in the parking lot. Why? Because we want people to know this good news. Pastor Frank has been sharing the last three weeks. Pastor Lodge will be sharing in the next couple weeks. It is about God reaching down to us and inviting us into a relationship. And then we experience this thing which we call new life in Jesus Christ. And we move up and we move out in this new reality. It's, it's got great benefits here and it's got benefits that last on forever and ever and ever. And you may think, I'm so far away from God, there's no hope for me. No one would have put any hope on Zacchaeus either. No one would have bet any money on that guy coming to faith in Christ, but Jesus makes all the difference. doesn't matter what your background is. He looks at you and says, I'm okay. Let's, let's begin this thing, and we'll figure out that garbage. We will, I promise you, but you just come and join the family, and you come down with your wounds, your scars, your, your bruises, your bladderedness, your dirt, and all the grime that comes with it, and she's like, don't worry. We, we can deal with this. I died. I will die on the cross for your sins. I will rise again so you can experience new life. Follow me and experience life. So the team's going to come out, and uh, they're here somewhere, I think, maybe. <laughs> and they're going to sing our final song. If you don't know Jesus tonight, I, I'm encouraging you. He's looking at you and inviting you into a relationship with him. He died on the cross. He rose again. And church people, Christian people, people that are followers of Jesus, you need to, I just encourage you to, to just exemplify the heart of Jesus. Look for the Zacchaeuses up in the trees in your life. They're people. They're trying to hide, but they're looking. They're watching. And you represent Jesus Christ where you are. And your job, and your neighborhood, and your school, and your sports activity, wherever God places you, you are the, the hands and feet in Jesus. And, and they're looking. And, and, and God can use you to encourage and to draw these, the people out of the trees into relationship with him. So be prepared. There is no one that is beyond the reach of God's love. And we extend that as we minister and relate and care for people in our community and in our relational networks. And so the team's going to lead us in a song, and then I'll come up and, and we'll close the service out. But I just want you to think about that as we sing this final song. You can have a seat for a moment just before we dismiss you. Uh, part of the evening desire for us is that you not only have a good time, but you maybe get to know someone new and Push yourself out of your comfort zone, like Zacchaeus did, and like Jesus did, and like, you know, and so don't, don't be afraid to try to build relationships outside of your network, and as a church family, you know, we, it's been a, there's been, you know, there's always ups and downs going on in people's life, I mean, we've had some babies born, uh, Pastor Frank and Sherry, our grandparents now, as a Monday, and so we're rejoicing with them, um, we have people in our church, uh, lost loved ones this week and so they're you know grieving those they went to glory but it's still feeling that that loss and this is the nature of life there's ups and downs there's things going on and, and that's why we have a church that we can gather together encourage each other support each other laugh together cry together that's what it's all about and so we're just encourage you to you know take a step tonight and as we move forward try to try to you know just be friends with people and so as we close, I'm just going to pray for us. And if you would like to start a relationship with Jesus, just you can come down to the tent and you can talk to me. If you're a youth, you can talk to Pastor Elijah or Abigail. Uh, there's people that would love to just talk to you and just even in a conversation. We, we, any questions are fine. You can meet us down at the tent or you can talk to me after. But just love to continue that conversation if you'd like to. Let's, let's pray as we close. Father in heaven, thank you for your church.
for your family and for your love. You brought us all into your family together. That you love us and you care for us. You nurture us, strengthen us, Lord. Help us to reach out to others with your love this summer. We pray for our church family members that are on holidays and away tonight. Lord, bless them and encourage them. We pray for those that gather on Sunday mornings and in home churches. Would you just guide them and, and grow them over the summer as well? We thank you for new birth. We thank you for the hope of glory and those that have passed away and into your presence. We rejoice that they're with you. We pray for those left behind that are hurting and and mourning that you would comfort them. And Lord, may this summer just draw us closer to you. Thank you for this evening. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Go have some coffee. We'll open up the bouncy house again and don't run away, but you're welcome to stay and uh, get your kids in a, in a couple minutes and then uh, we'll just have a, the rest of the evening together. Thank you, worship team.